Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, welcome back, everyone. Again, uh, I want to reiterate to you that uh, it's it's very interesting what's going on in the franchise world, and we are focusing on franchises for the entire month of November. We've uploaded several uh, VIP interviews from the West Coast Franchise Expo, and we have many more pieces to come that are just snippets of, of people uh, like Dara that we just talked to who have... Um, developed a franchise concept, a franchise idea. You know, there are over 200 franchises represented at that show. It was pretty interesting. And this is where a lot of businesses have a growth opportunity is by uh, not necessarily selling their business, but developing, developing a franchise type of a business. So it's really something we're interested in. And the other side of it is that we found out that there are over 900,000 franchise businesses out there, 900,000 businesses owned by a franchisee, and they're all facing the same types of concerns because um, they're in the same demographics as normal businesses. So they're all facing this eventual succession and exit and preparing for all that. So let's move on to our next guest, and he is uh, Bill Ellermeyer. He's been with us before. Uh, he is the principal of Ellermeyer Connect, and Bill it has been for many years been involved in executive career and job trans- transition. He's helped many, many people to rewire their lives and uh, they call him the the job electrician, don't they, Bill? <laughs> yeah, I rewire people. <laughs> he rewires people. Well, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. I appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing some more insights. We had a lot of great comments last time. And for our listeners, you can go to exacoachradio.com in the audio library and put in Ellermeyer, E-L-L-E-R-M-E-Y-E-R. Bill, what's what's new for you? We want to talk about the outlook uh, in Southern California today and opportunities now, but what are you seeing? What's happening? Well, you know, obviously we're in a, in a what I call a great reset. I mean, uh, we're uh, probably uh, at the most dynamic period of change in uh, in really the history of uh, of our country, and um, it's it's almost noticeable on a on a day to day basis. So, um, you know, what's exciting is the fact that. Um, there are so many opportunities. It's just that the opportunities are not in the same places as they were in the past, and particularly with regard to jobs. Everything kind of evolves and revolves around jobs, and jobs are disappearing at a tremendous rate. Uh, we're creating new jobs, but um, not necessarily in the places where all the people are prepared to go. Uh, I mean, S- Silicon Valley always has a uh, an open number of requisitions looking for work. So work, employment, and the future of jobs is um, a huge topic, and uh, there are so many books written about it today. Um, you, you, you really have to pay attention to where we're going, and certainly technology is a blessing, but it also uh, has a, a dark side in that ultimately, you know, if you read the futurists, they say uh, uh, machines, basically, uh, as they become more and more human-like, will be doing all the work. And now that that could be a, a bad thing or it could be a good thing. So we just don't know. But anyway, certainly jobs and the employment market are, are, are key. 
Um, in general, things are a little bit better from, uh, I'm sure you hear this from uh, some of the people you, you talk to, um, but it's still, as recoveries go, anemic, and I think it will stay that way, but it's going in the right direction. And there are a number of indicators that would say that things will improve. And one, one really big one, Bill, is, is energy. Um, we're becoming the, the dominant force in energy, and this is lowering the cost of oil, and that's putting millions of dollars back into our economy right now. That's a good point. Now, one of the concerns is that while there are certainly businesses I talk to seem to be getting orders in, uh, they, they're feeling it maybe not as much as the, as the, the main statistics want us to believe, depends on your industry, but what a lot of them are saying is that um, we're hiring back but we're not we're not hiring back as many at key levels or at key salaries. Yeah, I mean that's exactly right. And the CEOs that I talk to, so they also are looking at employment uh, just as needed. You know, so a lot of there's a lot of growth in interim work. And in fact, there are several companies that are thriving just in. Uh, and I'm talking about interim professionals, executives, if you will, uh, CEO, CFO, VP, marketing, director of HR, whatever. But you know, on an interim basis, well, what we can use you for the next four months or nine months or whatever. And then, of course, some of those can convert into traditional job. But, uh, you know, you hear a lot of people say, well, you know, I really need a permanent job. Well, <laughs> uh, good luck. There are no permanent jobs. As I've been saying for many years, all jobs are temporary. They all have a beginning, but they all have an ending. And in the United States today and in the world, uh, that is in the Western world, you know, jobs are probably have a lifespan of two to three years. Yeah, one of the things that I remember from our last conversation that was very interesting was you talked about that you're counseling more people, hey, you need to, to get more security or to get more income, you need to think about a portfolio approach. And Absolutely. That's, tell us that's a little bit more point. about that concept. I love that concept. Yeah, no, thanks for asking. Um, you know, the market has changed so, so much so that today um, I would say 60% of my clients, rather than helping them pursue a job directly, uh, we build a portfolio career using their core skills over multiple streams of income. Example, you're an IT guy, so you now become a consultant in IT. But that is project-oriented, means up and down. So to supplement that, you, you add in other things. The, the most common one is to start by teaching, you know, one night a week at any one of ten universities here in Orange County. Uh, you can marry that with board work, speaking, writing, teaching. All of these things go together so that you you have um, an income, you know, hopefully someday over 150, over 200,000 a year, but from three or four sources. I started noticing this, oh gosh, way back in the uh, the late 90s, and so I've been helping people design a portfolio career for many years. And what happens when you, when you do a portfolio thing is you get visibility in the marketplace. And then what happens is a, a, a job, a traditional job, you know, the eight to five or six kind of job appears. Then you have to say, where will this job lead me? Is this something I want to do? Do I want to drop my portfolio and take this tra traditional job? Now, if it's, you know, a job through a private equity company where there's a liquidity event out in the future, that might be a good thing, but you know in advance. And you might want to keep at least one, of, one part of your portfolio going. Like if you're teaching one night a week, something you love and that you're passionate about, it's, it's not a lot of work and it's a good thing to do. It gets you visible. You don't make a lot of money, but you make a lot of good connections. And as you know from my 
conversations with you past. Relationships and connections are the key. You know, when I when somebody refers somebody, not even a client, and they're out of work, I say, don't look for a job. Look for people. So you're asking your friends not about a job, but about who do they know. And you build visibility in the marketplace that way, and that brings opportunity and jobs. Certainly, uh, people that are doing this portfolio kind of thing do this continually, and we all should. Uh, it's about, you know, lifelong building, uh, building of relationships throughout your life and throughout your career. Bill, you've been doing that or talking about that long enough now that you probably have some feedback from some people who are doing that. Are they happier because they have multiple things going on or do they pine for the, uh, well, you know, like you say, there's really no security in a job. I mean, long term, there's no security in that. But what, what's your feedback from people that are doing the portfolio approach? Well, here's what I can tell you about that. The people that have done this, that have gone into consulting and uh, then built a portfolio around it, they have long-term stability. In other words, what I'm saying is the people that have done this have been working five, six, ten, ten years or more doing this, and I have many, many examples, while at the same time their contemporaries who've taken a job during that ten years have had three jobs. So it's just the opposite of what you think. There's actually more stability and more comfort in building a portfolio or working for yourself than in a traditional corporate job, because corporate jobs, as we all know, um, you know, have a very short lifespan. The companies are being bought and sold. A new CEO comes in. He wants his own CFO. You might have the wor- You might be the best CFO, but he wants his own CFO. This happens regularly. So right. the stability, uh, or the, rather the instability of corporate jobs, that's fine when you're, you know, under 40. But once you get up to, uh, you know, being 50, then you've got to say, I want stability. And again, 60% of the people I work with that I used to just help find jobs, if you were a CFO, I helped you be, get another job as CFO. That's totally changed. And now um, either a portfolio or in some cases I help people discover a job inside of them. Um, example, I had a, uh, I had an attorney back a few years ago who was a, really a good attorney. His father was an attorney. He was, his uncle was an attorney. And I think I might have mentioned this before, but what I found out is true passion was, was cars. And um, so eventually he and his buddy, they started refurbing old 1960, 1970 muscle cars. <laughs> and they, they're doing that out in Arizona now. And, I mean, he's just loving it. I think he's 57 years old, and he probably does four or five cars a year. And uh, you can take an old 55 Chevy shell it's, uh, and you uh, buy it, you know, on the cheap and then you put, you know, a bunch of money in it. Maybe you put $25,000 into it eventually, but that car can be sold for upwards of 75000 and up. Yeah, yeah. So it's taking things that you love. You know, I had a uh, someone on the show not too long ago, Bill, that said that before the 1940s, if you think about it, there were very few people that were employees. Everybody had the farm or the family store or something like that. And this notion of becoming an employee is relatively new in our in our upbringing. And so, uh, do, do you think that this gets back to people's initial? roots and longing to be an entrepreneurial type of a person with this portfolio approach? Oh, absolutely. You know, a hundred years ago, uh, everybody was a free agent. You went from farm to farm, just like you said. So we're coming full circle. And again, <clears throat> the interesting thing is there can be actually more stability and ultimately, therefore, more security in doing it. But most people hang on to the job 
way beyond the time they should be there. They know they should do something, but they don't know, you know, don't know what to do, and therefore they hang in there, and then eventually now they're 57 and they get laid off and they're lost. They have no direction. They don't know what they want to do. And most of all, Bill, they don't have any contacts. They, they've been insulated in a big corporation. And uh, that's a big mistake, and I see it over and over, because when I meet somebody that's recently been displaced or lost their job for whatever the reason, they'll often say to me, well, I knew I should have been making contacts, but, you know, I was uh, comfortable in my job, and, and I just didn't do it. But they know they should have built those relations, relationships ahead of time. And I understand as a professional advisor, I mean, I went to a, a networking meeting this morning. I go to one almost every morning. There's 40 or so people there, new, new different people, and I'm constantly building. But how does someone who is an executive do something like that? What are some of the ways that they can network? Well, obviously, there are all kinds of organizations in Orange County. There's probably something, as you know, because you're there every morning and every night, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at least. So we have so many uh, opportunities to get out there and meet other other professionals. And, um, you know, yes, there are a lot of people out of work, but actually people out of work can be more helpful uh, in some ways because they have empathy, they understand, and, and you can become uh, a resource to each other. One of my little tactics is I say, you know, find somebody you're compatible with and start having coffee, you know, once a week uh, and, and talk about networking and networking organizations and compare notes and you get comfortable. Then if you like, both of you invite somebody and now you've got four and you have four people meeting every week and kind of have your own little advisory board. And uh, it's a really good tactic, and particularly for people that are not connected, are starting out and feel a little bit lonely and a little bit depressed because they, they don't know what to do. So this is a simple tactic. Just find somebody to have coffee with and see if you can get into that kind of routine and build your own little um, advisory board. Love it. And uh, what about social media? How does that play into all this? Well, you know, social media is obviously the hot button for a lot of uh, companies, a lot of people. Actually, my daughter has a PR firm, and they specialize in social media. So, obviously, uh, digital connections are important. Probably the most important one for job seekers or people in your audience is LinkedIn. And um, But LinkedIn is something that's a tool, and you, you, you get linked, but then you've got to meet the people. If you say, well, I know I have in my, my LinkedIn uh, database, uh, you know, 950 people, but you haven't met them, um, you, you haven't done much. You know, you've got right. to use that as a do research on LinkedIn and then go out and meet the people that are at least within, you know, the Orange County area wherever you uh, are working. Of course, excellent point. Now, let's talk about the future of jobs. What do you see happening now, and what do you what what's your what do your senses tell you is going on with the future of jobs? Well, um, according to uh, you know research from several directions, um, I know one study at Oxford University said that uh, they analyzed. I think it was like seven hundred thousand jobs in the United States, and they said forty-seven uh, percent of all. U.S. professional jobs will uh, disappear within the next 10 years. That's 60 million jobs. Now, uh, that doesn't mean we aren't creating jobs, but they'll be different. So the long term for jobs, and of course the futurists who go out, you know, 25 to 50 years say that machines will do all jobs. Well, that's a scary thought, but maybe not. Maybe we weren't intended, as to what you were saying a few moments ago, maybe we weren't necessarily intended to get up and go to an office or a factory. Maybe we use our own creativity to create a lifestyle that is not dependent on traditional jobs, but more comes from within. And then way in the future.
future, and I, this is out there, but our but our kids and our grandkids will see this way in the future. Uh, we might create a whole different way of life where we don't uh, we're not dependent on going to that office or to that factory, and we create we use our own creativity to create a different kind of life. Obviously, that would be a radical change. And there are some say, well, never, never going to happen. But a number of, uh, of, of futurists, and one is uh, Ray Kurzweil and uh, his book on the singularity and the, the coming, uh, uh, the advancement of machines to the point where they can actually be, uh, can think faster and, and, and better than human beings, um, is kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of exciting, but it's also kind of a scary thought because we're looking at it through today's model. And who's to say? Maybe if we didn't have jobs like we've all been trained to have to have, maybe uh, maybe life could be better. I don't know. But certainly the key word here is things are changing very rapidly. And the the job you're doing today, very possibly in the next 10 years, will be gone. I'm talking doctor, lawyer, you know, um, you, you name it, all the professions, uh, no matter how sophisticated, there will be you know, intelligent machines, software, uh, who can crunch trillions of bits of information, who will be able to do the work as good or better uh, than a human being. Yeah, it's, it's easy to easy to see that this has happened in several industries already. They've been outsourced, outplaced. They're disappearing. Companies like Amazon are coming in. If you're thinking about setting up a little shop, forget it, because they can deliver it much quicker and faster than you can. I guess, you know, there's, there's personal services that are left over. But for the age 50 plus person who isn't who hasn't been building their network, who hasn't been really getting out there and meeting people and in, in, getting to know a lot of people is that a first place for someone to start bill is to is if they're thinking you know uh, i got to do something where do they start yeah probably the the linchpin that i've seen over the last 20 years for most people who are coming out of a traditional uh, you know corporate job would be to uh, teach a course in some you know typically like financial guys you can teach a course in something uh, that you love that doesn't require a lot of work one night a week again it's not because you're going to make a lot of money but teaching is the first time when somebody says oh i'm making some money doing something other than my my profession that I've been doing for the last 30 years. And that gives them pause to reflect on other things uh, that they can do. Uh, example, hobby jobs. A lot of people have hobbies that can be converted into a job. Now, it might not be a full-time thing, but, uh, you know, I've had people uh, go into, in the case of one of my clients back in time, he went into the collecting of um, old, um, you know, uh, Indian, that is Navajo and Zuni Indian artifacts, jewelry, and, and related materials. And they have these big conventions in New Mexico and Arizona every year, and he came, became sort of an authority in that. Uh, so in other words, his passion for something, it can be a passion around sports or, or, or collecting of different things or any number of things that are unique to the individual and you don't necessarily think of it as a job. So that can all also be uh, something I explore with people when I'm trying to create a portfolio because everybody's unique and everybody has their own gifts. And if you can align the things you you love, I mean, you know, not everybody's going to be absolutely passionate about everything they do. But if you can at least align the things you're interested in uh, without even saying passion, you've got a much better chance of being successful. Because, uh, as you know, the Gallup poll, uh, what is the Gallup poll, says 70% of the workforce in the United States today is unhappy in some respect. And of that, 30% of those people are very unhappy, which means they can actually be pre uh, counterproductive to your, to your company. 
Yeah, well, I love what you have to say, Bill. It's always great. And the whole concept of taking all that knowledge that you have and turning it into some kind of a product that you can teach, you can disseminate using technology. These days, you can spread it all over the world and you'll find an audience. I love all that stuff. And it's uh, great to touch base with you. How do our listeners get in touch with you if they want to say, Bill, I want to talk to you because you're, you sound like you're well-connected and, and I don't know what's going to happen in my future. Help me. How do they get in touch with you? I'm really happy to uh, talk to anybody by phone and give them some direction, tell them, as you, we talked about, network organizations, ideas, maybe some contacts in the employment arena. I do this all the time to people I don't even meet just over the phone. And I'm old-fashioned. I still use a, a cell phone, and it works pretty well. And if I'm busy when they call, I'll just say, here's a time you can call me. They can reach me directly on my cell phone, uh, Bill Ellemeyer at 714-803-9805. That's 714-803-9805. Bill Ellemeyer, thanks very much for joining us. Again, I want to touch base with you again in a couple months and see what's happening because it's you give us a great perspective as to what's going on out there. So thanks for joining well, us again today. Times, and I appreciate you inviting me on, and I look forward to future conversations, Bill. Take care. All right. Thanks very much. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back in about 30 seconds, so please stay tuned. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing over 250 top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 